How's it going, everyone? This is Nintendo 25, and you are listening to the Retro Redoctor Self-Love Podcast. This is The Brig, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Apid Alchemy. Hello. Parasite Steve. Uh, how dare you call on me? <laughs> <laughs> and on this episode, we have a very special guest, Stan Bush, welcome to the show. Uh, it's an honor to have you here. We are huge fans, and I've been uh, a huge Transformers fan, and I absolutely love the soundtrack to the Transformers the movie. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's like the staple of my childhood, and it's it's amazing. I'm so happy that you're here tonight. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. So we want to talk a little bit about your new album, which congratulations on your release of Dare to Dream. I don't know if you guys can see that. There it is. And Those of you glory. watching this on the Nintendo 25. No, no, this is going to be on Retro Redoctor. Yeah, this is on our YouTube, YouTube channel. Our, yes. brand new, yeah, this, our brand new channel. new channel can see yes. that Nintendo's holding up the CD there. Yeah, see? Look at that. There it is again. Look at glorious. that. <laughs> he, glorious. He dares to hold it up it. twice. How yes. dare you? <laughs> I was dare to hold that price. Um, and I have to say, I I was telling the guys uh, earlier this week that I cannot stop listening to this album. It's like it's like crack, but in a very good way. <laughs> I it's it's amazing. I mean, every I mean, I am not joking. Every song is a masterpiece, and I'm more of a heavy metal guy. And if I if I like this, yeah. You guys will like it too. It's true. And it's true. He's, we he's love it. Notoriously picky. Oh, I am. Oh, I'm very picky with my music, and and this is like excellent, excellent like melodic rock, and it's thanks oh, a lot. My God, it's it's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. so talk uh, about your inspirations about this new album. Well, let's see. Uh, most of it I uh, wrote this past year during the the pandemic you know like there wasn't a lot else to do for i guess everybody was kind of in the same boat you know it's like uh, it was a tough time for a lot of people but i guess if there's a silver lining it was uh where myself and my producer we were able to spend pretty much the entire year focusing on the new record uh there were a couple of songs that i had written you know in 2019 uh, one of which is the 80s which you may know that song it's a we did a music video for it the song about the 80s music but uh indeed but uh, anyway, yeah, the bulk of the uh, the bulk of the album we uh, came up with it during this past year. So thank you. I really, uh, and we're both pleased. My producer and I, and uh, everybody seems to like it. We're really happy with how it came out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like your last three albums are like perfect. They're like perfect <laughs> albums. It's so you. good. Yeah, like it, do doing a you know. Uh, a lot of exploring of, of your catalog stand, you know, uh, I, I feel like you, you haven't missed a beat, you know, with, with any of your albums over the years, like truly. Um, but Dare to Dream definitely is just such, it encapsulates so much of your sound that you've, that you have now that you've always had. It's like, it's this very strong quintessential, like, you know, embodiment of, of you. But um, I think, you know, to mention the song, the eighties, uh, I, I feel like, you know, so many people have such a reverence for the eighties and, and they love it. It's just this magical decade. And so what, what is it about the eighties for you that you find like so special, you know, that really calls to so many people? Um, well, first of all, the, a big part of the eighties, I think was like the, the movies, the, uh, the songs like, you know, in the, in the movies back then, it, it was like the, the, a big part of the movie was the songs, you know, and, uh, like Top Gun or uh, Back to the Future, any of those movies, and uh, people would you walk out of the movie theater, you know, singing the song, and uh, you, you know, they're very memorable, hook, hooky kind of songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, just love the '80s, you know. And I, I kind of never left the '80s in terms of musically. I'm still doing similar style, you know. And uh, I mean, it's uh, it's just a great era for that. And uh, yeah, so absolutely. If broke, why, why, why fix it? Why fix right. it? Yeah, yeah, I mean that is it. that is really a good point though. How you know you're saying like these these songs were essentially almost a character in some of these movies. Like obviously you think of Rocky, 
um yeah rocky, rocky three and rocky four too i mean like hearts on fire is played like six times in rocky four right um and like there are just you know so many uh, i mean danger zone is a great example for sure kenny yeah. loggins i mean kenny loggins wrote so many so many quintessential 80s movie hits that are intrinsically linked with whatever movie they were in you like instantly think of both yeah so that that i would you know that's a really interesting point and i think that that really has sort of been lost now where mm -hmm. you know there, there's there's a soundtrack sure and uh, i think that now it's sort of in vogue to to play like classic rock as part of the soundtrack and obviously guardians of the galaxy did um you know had had a lot of success with 70s music um or I, yeah. was it 60s music it was uh, 70s it was 70s. a lot of 70s yeah. Less and that, that that i think kicked off something you know i mean but that's still not one song it's not like there's there's one specific song you think of necessarily maybe guardians has like one in the dance off or i don't know there's probably one, but, <laughs> the, but the a, uga lot chaka. Them, a lot of them it's like yeah the uga chaka yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I sort of miss that. Yeah, that, that is like a part of what makes 80s music, 80s movies so great and fun, I guess. I, yeah. I, I always think it's it's interesting to, to kind of talk about because I didn't grow up personally in the 80s, but I have a huge reverence for it because it was something that I experienced over time because, like you said, these movies, they never they never die. The, the music never dies. And it's something that like people kind of keep alive and they hold so near and dear that it's infectious. And so I'm, you know, I'm a fan of a decade that I never grew up in. I never lived. But I think it's so cool and so interesting how the 80s have like just always stayed relevant. And uh, especially in your music. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, you embody that sound very well. And I was very pleased to hear, you know, that you've you just kind of stuck with it, even with Dare to Dream. It's not like you felt the pressure to to modernize. You just were like, this is this is the sound I want. This is the sound I love. And I love it for that. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. Hey, you know, they say to be true to who you are, you know, and so try, I try to do that because, you know, I think it it's it resonates with people. People can tell when when something's like genuine or, or whatever, you know. And, uh, you can't sort of be who you're not, I guess. Right, right. So so this music that comes out of you, um, is this something that you have to sort of hone and work at and be like, you know, course correcting yourself and be like, well, people are expecting me to still do '80s stuff, so I want to make sure I'm kind of kind of staying on that track or is this literally just what comes out of your fingertips and that's it yeah mostly i mean like i say they're the last song on the album sort of a more thoughtful more acoustic kind of song a quieter song uh, but yeah i mean generally uh for me it's it's about when when i sit down to write a song i have like the acoustic guitar of course and uh you know, I just have to keep playing around and I'll fin finally get something that I like, maybe a sequence of chords and, and a melody. And uh, like I say, it, it's uh, it's hard to come up with something that's sort of new and original. I guess um, everybody probably has that, that, that issue where, you know, you try to think, eh, I've kind of heard that before or something. And you, you, you keep on working it. And, um, anyway, when you have something that's like, wow, this is cool. And then for me, another thing that I do, you probably notice is, you know, I change keys a lot. So uh, it keeps it interesting. You know, it's like a surprise, like, whoa, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> right. All of a sudden, a new yeah. key. Yeah. I love, love that stuff. It's like, uh, you know, keep them guessing kind of thing. But it's, uh, it makes it more musically interesting. I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, just like three chords and, you know, and, and which is great too. You know, you can, it's a different kind of style, but. Uh, <clears throat> Gene uh, Simmons. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah like i think uh one uh one of the songs that you had um a while back heart of the battle you know that song has like a really heavy riff that kind of comes in toward the end and that really surprised me like because i because you know we we all love rock and we all love metal and and that was an instance of like stan you kept me guessing because i wasn't expecting it you know the, the song itself is upbeat it's got this really you know driven kind of melody and everything to it and then you just kind of rip in with these like really like heavy chords and everything and this this melody that this riff that you did was awesome you know and that kind of stuff i think is really fun to to, mm -hmm. to just like see thrown in there so i, I love that stuff mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, it's um, like I say, you just try to come up with something that's like different and exciting, and uh, you know, uh, and build on it. Um, one of the things too, I kind of learned, I think, over the years is like lyrically, you know, try to come up with uh, with better and better lyrics because I I think years my early days that maybe I gave up too soon on some of the songs lyrically, and you know, you sort of I, I don't know, I, I read a lot and I'm kind of I think I know more now and. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, it's it's a it's a cool thing to have some lyric stuff that really works and, and makes a makes a statement. And, uh, you know, yeah. like I think you probably uh, also notice a lot of people ask me about because the message in a lot of these songs is very powerful. Like uh, you know, don't give up and believe in yourself and you know go for it that kind of stuff. And to me, it's a very positive sort of uh, message. I, I always like. Um, things like that where you sort of reach for maybe something that's beyond, you know, what you would normally be able to do. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's cool to push yourself and, and uh, see what happens, you know. I right. think, I mean, uh, that, that's, that's why I love about your music. It's, it's always positive. And I think that's yeah. what we need now. It's yeah. Yeah. That's right. Open to, you know, I, I believe each of us, you know, creates our own reality. You know, that's uh that's the deal. You know, you, uh, if you, uh, you know, you sort of live your dream and, uh, which is sort of what the title of the title song is dare, to, dare to dream, you know, you're, you know, you, you believe in, in the stuff and you sort of, you know, go for the gold, you know, the, all those sort of cliche phrases, you know, but, but it, uh, there's truth in that, you know, cause it's, uh, we're, we, we don't realize how powerful we are. I think that's what the bottom line is. You know, we, uh, humans i mean we have these like amazing that we can even live and breathe you know and be alive is like incredible you know and uh you know life is such a miracle i think uh you know it's it's cool to sort of go for it push yourself and, uh, anyway i'm rambling <laughs> no, I mean, that's, <laughs> no it's absolutely true Ramble away. That's, all, that's, uh, that's, that's podcasting gold right there that's what we call that <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, there's so many, you know, um, it's so in vogue and was always so in vogue for, um, you know, rock and, and, you know, heavy metal too. There, it's always dark stuff. You know, it's, it's either in eighties, you know, glam bands, it's all sex. And if it's, you know, heavier stuff like Judas priest or whatever, it's, well, some of it's still sex, but there's also like demons and, you know, monsters and, you know, all this <laughs> good stuff. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, not to beleaguer the point, but like your stuff really does stand out in that landscape where, you know, you're this, um, this like beacon of hope and you're very melodic. All your stuff's very melodic, like, like eight bits said, but um, you do have that edge that comes out. And I think yeah. that that's, that's one of the things that, um, that I really enjoy about it too, because it, it sort of straddles that line where, um, it's got like a little, a little oof, little, mm, little balls, and right. it's got like all these soaring melodies, and you know these message, this message of hope, and you know I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say that 2021 uh, needed Dare to Dream. I think, I think this is the album that we need right now. Oh, yeah. so it, much, it yeah. came out at a good time. It we did. Should. Thank you. So speaking of Dare to Dream, you know, like, like you mentioned before, I know you released two videos. Um, yep. The, the 80s and uh, Born to Fight, which like has great, like the best chorus. Like, it's a good opener and opener. the best chorus. It's yeah. amazing. And and with this video, you had clips of two anime shows, which is Baki and Kenjin Ashura. So yeah. was was this song written for those two shows, or was this just like a, a random idea from Netflix or... Yeah, Netflix reached out to me. I guess it was around September and uh, asked asked me to write a song for to, for those two uh, anime shows to uh, sort of promote uh, those shows and uh, use the word fight a lot. He said so. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I called up my buddy Lenny Macaluso. We wrote the touch together. So we uh, we came up with Born to Fight and we recorded it. And they uh, Netflix loved it. So. They did. We did the music video together with uh, footage from the shows and, and clips of me performing the song. And uh, anyway, it came out really good. And it was also the, the timing was perfect because we had like one more track to do for the new album. And uh, it was like, oh, perfect. So we did that. It came out great. So I 
use it as the album opener. Wow. Yeah, so that's funny how you mentioned you mentioned the touch because I totally got those vibes from that video because it reminded me of the touch video from back in the day. <laughs> so there's a lot of nostalgia in that yeah. new video, even though it's brand new, it was still nostalgic to me. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we had a lot of fun doing that. It was uh it's funny, I had no clue about any sort of uh, you know, fighting or whatnot, but my my wife's like she does fitness stuff and train. She was like training me a bit to do a, a few of those fight moves. And <laughs> right, was I was funny. wondering about that. I'm like, is Stan actually uh, secretly uh, like a karate is he a master, butt, is he a butt kicker? <laughs> <laughs> like, like is Stan is Stan Bush gonna have a song in, in Cobra Kai or something coming up? Like, <laughs> oh, that needs oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Would be great. Yeah, I'd love that. Actually, Cobra Kai is a great thing to bring up. Like the '80s really are back, and yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And, yeah, uh, and in some ways, it, clearly, you've never left because I think a lot of people know you from your Transformer stuff. And for our, for our listeners who are excited to hear you talk about that, we are going to get there. Just we wanted to make <laughs> yeah. sure we front loaded right. the album. Um, right. Yeah, we're gonna we we're gonna do a little little bit of a, a sandwich. We don't. We yeah. don't want to do all Transformers stuff because right. we're sure right. that's right. like that's so much of what you get, and and yeah. you know, but we have you've to do a little bit. Right, and for those who don't realize, you've put out fourteen studio albums. Yep, so prolific. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a career. And for people who think like, oh, you did those two songs, you know, this is not kick axe, people. This is, <laughs> right. although nothing is going to stand in Stan's way. That's true. Not tonight. Yes, not, not ever. Tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> anything you want to say, we will not stand in your way. Okay? Like, anything you want to get off your chest, Dan. Um, so so you you were kind enough to give us um, a copy of the song Born to Fight to play tonight. So uh, we're actually going to do that now, Joe, if if, uh, if you're ready. Oh. Oh. I'm Are always ready? ready. I am I'm very ready. ready. Are you ready to fight? <laughs> Oh, I was born. Stan, yeah, Stan, yeah. I, got I don't it. know if you have your guitar that shoots lasers on you, <laughs> because you know when I was a little kid, I thought that was real. I thought like you were the most powerful being in the galaxy. I'm like, what's the giant robot that eats planets gonna do against Stan Bush? He shoots lasers out of his friggin' guitar. That's what I thought. I thought you were like the coolest man. Then you played guitar the first time, and you're like, oh, this doesn't happen. It doesn't even – it's like, how does Stan do it? How does he shoot the lasers? It's you a practice. Course, that's right? that's it's, when it's we quit. Like, like, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Born to Fight. Born to Fight. We'll play that right now. Never bend, never break When you 
right, guys, we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that song. Ooh, yes. Oh, we were so good. born to fight. Oh, I, all of us. I still am. Yeah. I, I, I fight all the time. Yep. And I was born you to fight. fight. With your, I you came, fight with your I came out of the womb. I escaped the womb fighting. By punching. That's what I did. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, I, it's, I it's excellent. It's great it's, opener. It's like... It's probably awesome my stuff. my second favorite song on on that album. It's so good, so good. It's definitely up there. It's up there for me. I'm I'm a big uh, fan of True Believer. Yeah, personally. Yep, yep. I, really I, like, I love. Uh, I like the one. Never never, of... never give up is my is my favorite. Okay, so I was just gonna say my I like the one two punch of ne- uh, True Believer and Never Give Up. I yeah. think those go really good together, I, and I I really yeah. enjoy. I'm those I'm a fan of uh, the times of our life or the times yeah. of your life. Yeah. yeah. So definitely one. check this album out, guys. You know, it is it is a solid 11 tracks of awesomeness. 80s awesomeness hitting hitting in 2020. And, uh, you know, it's it's still there now. So uh, this is the yes. album you need. So if you want to pick up the album, go to, to stanbush.com, go to the merch section, and buy everything. Buy, just buy just everything. click buy all. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so... Eh, now, obviously, we get we gotta you know address the elephant in the room, the giant transforming elephant in the room, um, who I assume is an Autobot. I can't see the insignia, but I don't, I don't feel like an elephant's a Decepticon animal. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's fine. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I'll just I'll just ask the damn question. All right. So so Stan, obviously, for many of us, the touch is a pretty important song. Um, I'm sure you get asked about this all the time, and obviously. You know, you've gone back to this and numerous times revisiting it and stuff. So I, I can only assume it's an important song to you as well. Um, but yeah. my, my, my question is, um, so this, this is like on this soundtrack to an 80s cartoon movie, right? Like this is something that ended up becoming so incredibly important to so many of us who did grow up with it and saw Optimus Prime die and cried their eyes out in the theater. And, uh, you know, this, this, this is, this is an important thing for a lot of people. But as I read online, this song was not originally written for the Transformers movie, correct? Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Lenny and I originally wrote it for, uh, the Stallone movie Cobra. So anyway, uh, we were like, did, well, the, the record label told me they said uh, oh we got we got the song in uh, this this movie about a cartoon movie about robots and I'm like what <laughs> but little, little did we know that it would gonna was gonna become a phenomenon you know it's uh, it's actually been very cool uh, being associated with the brand uh, so Hasbro's been great and uh, like I say the touch has been used a lot in TV shows and films and other things too and uh, even uh, Mark Wahlberg, you know, and Boogie Nights sang the song. And yep. Yeah. And it was three years ago, uh, backstage at a Transformers event. And uh, I said, you got the touch. And he said, turns around and says, how did I do? And I said, it was great. Anyway, he comes over, stands next to me with his phone. And we're the two of us are singing the touch into his, his phone. Just like a couple <laughs> of drunk guys. It was great. Oh, and nice. he, That's awesome. Uh, on his Facebook that later that he, you know, and, uh, had like you know a million views or something so it was pretty cool that is really cool that's awesome yeah, super I, cool guy and he really is so that was very very cool he's a local boy for around here where we are yeah that's yeah. your area yeah we're in yeah. massachusetts cool so, uh he's got a uh, he's got his uh Wahlburgers restaurant uh and about that a couple yeah. of couple of surrounding towns to boston but um, right. so, yeah, so that's that's crazy. Like it was written for Cobra. So I guess my question is, and I want to make sure I get this right and and don't sound insulting in any way. But like you, yeah. you initially, you know, are like, OK, I got this deal. It's a new Stallone flick. Right. That must have been that must have sounded like a big, a big deal. <laughs> and then you, you know, for whatever reason, it fell through. And then your agent says, hey, I got this kid's cartoon about robots. And so I just find it very interesting, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on it, about how maybe at the time you might have thought, like, I, I'm, I'm picturing you thinking, like, oh, okay, well, like, that's nowhere near as awesome. Like, this is the new Sylvester Stallone movie. 
Um, and then in hindsight, you know, fast forward 35 years, really Cobra is like a footnote. Nobody even really cares about Cobra. I mean, I care about over the top before I care about Cobra and like, (laughs) and then the, but the Transformers movie is the Transformers movie. They have made all these live action movies. All the fans still say none of them can touch that original cartoon. And you are a humongous part about why that movie is so memorable. I mean, it's not like your songs are in there once or for like two seconds, a blink and you miss it or one. It's like they, there's two, you got two songs in there. You got touch and you got dare and they both recur. What? Two or three times there. They're, yeah. Yeah. It really, really was an amazing thing. How it was feet. The songs were featured and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been incredible through the years uh, going to these transformers conventions and, having people, you know, say these amazing things about those songs change their lives and maybe, you know, help them through a tough time. And just, it's very gratifying, very humbling to hear that kind of stuff. You know, uh, I've met so many wonderful people uh, associated with this whole, you know, movement. And uh, it's, it's been really great. And as I said, you know, just the touch itself has had a life of its own for a long time. And uh, for me, it's just been a, a fun ride. So I, but I cannot play concert anywhere without playing that song <laughs> they won't let me leave. right right <laughs> do they make you play it twice are they like stan come on do it do the touch again <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing happens to europe no we right. yeah. they have to play the final countdown twice yeah oh i had i had to play dare twice because we didn't have a second encore <laughs> stuff oh. like that wow <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. So uh, that's 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 really cool. But yeah, like it's it's so cool that you just happen to like the road to the immortality of that song is just very fascinating to me. So that was the touch. But dare. So so how did it go? Like the touch went from Cobra and then it was picked up. Did you then write dare for Transformers? I actually didn't write dare. Um, uh Vince DiCola and, and Scott Shelley wrote it. Uh, you know, Vince DiCola did the score for Transformers and Rocky IV, as you know. Uh, and Vince, uh, but Vince was the right one of the writers on on Dare. But they just, you know, got me to sing it. So, uh, oh, okay. for the, yeah. And Vince does but, some of the live keyboard work with you, right? Like when you when you play shows and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Sometimes Vince will sit in with us and he'll play the the keyboard stuff. The guy is an amazing player. You know, he's very like a virtuoso, you know, he can play anything. Nice. Nice. Super cool. Um, yeah. So while we're on uh, the subject of the touch, I, I think it's really interesting to see a song that you've had in your career that you've been able to revisit a number of times. Obviously you have your initial recording, you have some like new re-releases of it, but, um, you know, I think Sam's theme is fascinating as like a piece of music and just as like a study in how to reimagine something. So like, how, how was that experience for you to write that? You know, obviously that song you intended to be kind of in one of the Michael Bay movies, but just talk a little bit about, about Sam's theme and how that all went. Yeah, it was just an experiment really. We, uh, you know, we were messing with the, uh, a totally different style of music and maybe a little bit more along the Lincoln park vibe or something. And, uh, yeah. Totally. It was just, uh, like I say, you know, we, we gave it a shot. And, you know, it was kind of a cool thing and, uh, you know, got mixed reviews. One, of, You know, sometimes it's like, sometimes you can't mess with a song that <laughs> people hear it a certain way. And it's like, you know, you can't redo Stairway to Heaven or, you know, not right. that that league, but it, it, to, to a lot of people it is. And, uh, you just oh, don't. Mess. Oh, it is. it is. You know what I mean? You, people want to hear something the way it was, and you know, which right. is yeah yeah you know it's like that that's kind of like the picture they had but i think it's i think it's really cool i i you know i thought sam's theme was a very interesting take on it and i enjoyed it you know i enjoyed it a lot i think that that approach for you know the style of movie that michael bay was making would have worked really well you know like the whole idea was you're taking that same kind of you know lightning in a bottle and you're like let's just imagine it for the 2000s era and i feel like it's very successful in that respect i i'm bummed that it didn't make it into the movie but i think it's really cool right yeah oh it's uh it's all good i uh was really cool, like I say, when uh, the, this latest the Bumblebee movie, when they used the touch, and, and that was a, sort of a cameo. That was awesome. That yeah. uh, 
they did that. So yeah, absolutely. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, but uh, speaking of like <clears throat> tried to get the old fans more on board with the new movies, I think. And that was a big part of that. Yeah. Push. I love the Bumblebee movie. I thought it was great. So, yeah, nice. definitely. I, I I had a good time with that movie fun, as yeah. well. For sure. I mean, the the designs were more on more in line, and you had you and you know. Yeah, yeah, bad. kind of right. back to, to the G three thing. Right. Yeah. So my next question, actually, it's not mine. It's uh, one of my coworkers because I told him about this interview, and he was probably more excited than I was. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this. Very excited. And um, funny story, um, every day we always sing the touch. Poorly, but we do it. And uh, so his question to you is, what was your inspiration for the touch? Well, um, let's see. Uh, you know the movie Iron Eagle 2, Lewis Gossett Jr.? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a deal right the the uh anyway lewis gossett turned to the young uh fighter pilot and says kid you got to touch and was like wow no <laughs> one of those bells goes off in your head you know it's like okay <laughs> there's nice. a song so that nice. was the inspiration for it nice so that that was from my coworker mark moody i know he's gonna be watching this because i told him about this interview he's gonna watch it Great. um I forced so, yeah. him to do it so I, he's I gonna to love it, it. Yeah, I asked him like, "Hey, do you, have, do you have any questions for Stan Bush?" Like, "Yeah, actually, I do." You also have to have to mention Iron Eagle too. Uh, big fan of that movie is uh, Johnny Lawrence. Loves both Iron Eagle and Iron Eagle Two, as mentioned many times in Cobra Kai season two, I believe. Oh, nice! Oh yeah! That's, oh yeah. yeah! Big fan, big fan of that Johnny Lawrence. Nice. No, I love the Cobra Kai stuff. I uh, I watched that show. Awesome uh, show! Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh, I think technically we have a, we have a question from Joe because you kind of addressed yours a little bit, Steve. But it's uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just I just wanted to. Yeah, I guess I guess we covered this. I just wanted to also just sort of real quick. Um, how integral? Uh, how integrated the songs are in the Transformers movie, where they're actually like using the song to add punches to visual cues you know like that kind of stuff you know at the end the part that always gets me is when uh dare starts to play for the last time and they punch out of unicron's abs which just looked too too brittle to me i don't know he's like this <laughs> giant plant he's planet-sized transformer and he's got these red glass abs but you know hey that's that's how they made him so old glass punch abs. right out of that and it's just like there <laughs> it's just the it best and as a kid that was my favorite moment of the movie did you have any sense that they were going to be doing that like that is not typical no it, it you know all that stuff was that was all movie the movie people did all that the, you know as far as uh, where they placed the music and all that sort of thing but uh but i did go to the uh i attended the um you know premiere um mm -hmm. play here and uh the record label guys were there and you know some of the people that worked on the movie of course were all there too and uh, it was pretty cool yeah it was uh like i say I, it was unexpected how i guess things always turn out differently than you maybe imagine they will and uh, yeah. i mean around that time uh maybe maybe a year after that or something but it was around the time same time as the first two jean-claude van damme movies you know i sang songs in those and uh yeah Bloodsport. To be, uh, yeah, Buzzport, Kickboxer, those turned yeah. out to, you know, uh, like a cult following sort of thing, you know. And years later, people still uh, still dig those movies, so it's kind yeah. of cool. I, I love Bloodsport. Bloodsport's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Watched Bloodsport a couple of years ago. I didn't realize you had a song in Kickboxer. Yeah, three three songs in each of those first two movies of his. Oh, wow. Yep. Nice. So this next question is from Phil Conti. It's a three-part question. The first one is, what vehicle would you change into? Hmm. Probably a semi. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, the next question is, who's your favorite Transformer? Uh, Bumblebee. Cool, cool. 
And looking back now, do you realize how epic the touch would become? No, I, I really didn't. Um, like I said, you know, it's uh, it's been really cool to be associated with the, the whole brand and everything. And the touch is sort of a signature song. And I think more people have heard of the touch than they have of Stan Bush. You know what I mean? It's sort of uh, the song yeah. is bigger. Than it's, yeah. But that's the way it should be, I think. Yeah, I think I, especially right. um, in that the reference in Boogie Nights, like I remember a friend of mine showed me Boogie Nights back in high school and loved that scene, thought it was great. And I was like, this is that Transformer song. And he was like, what? What are you talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, you don't know. Like, this is like that that song. <laughs> like he had no clue. Because he's and, you transforming know, it was... into a porn star? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Right. So the last question for this segment is actually uh, is a more of a curiosity question for me. Um, the melody to "Never Give Up" is pretty identical to the touch. Was that intentional or by accident? Yeah, it was sort of um, modeled after the touch. We, uh, you know, th there was this low budget movie, and they had, the, the people had. At the guy, they had asked us about maybe writing something along that same line, you know. So, yeah, it was sort of uh, inspired by the touch, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I yeah, love it. But like, like I said, it's, it's my favorite. Like I said, it's my favorite song in the album. So it's. That's great. It's a great yeah, one. I love it. It's a great one. <laughs> and even, even though you, you know, you can hear it. You know, I didn't notice it the first time. And then Joe pointed it out and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, there it is. But it's the song is so incredibly different. And right like, where it plays is is so completely different. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't at all feel like you're retreading anything. It feels more like a fun wink. And uh, right. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's like a homage, it's like a homage to the touch. Yeah, I think right. that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's a good way to put it. Right. All right, so moving on to like general musician stuff. Um, I want to point out your your voice still sounds amazing after Thank all these years. It's like it has not changed at all. Um, I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering how like what do you do to keep your voice in shape like that? Seriously. Well, one of the things that a lot of '80s guys singers in these bands. Uh, they had to like tour for months and months and years and years. And, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to, to keep your voice working with, when you do that much touring. So that fortunately for me, I haven't had to do that. I've been able to mostly stay and uh, be more selective about um, the shows I do and whatever. I'll, I'll go to Europe and play two or three shows and come back and I'll do a show or two around here. And, you know, just when I want to play. And so I haven't had to like tour for months on end. And uh, so that's a, a lot of re why I've kind of been able to keep the high the high range, you know, because it uh, the burnout thing definitely happens, you know, if you sing too too much uh, too much live stuff. But uh, but also take care of yourself, you know. It's, uh, right. Keep staying good health and whatnot, you know. But thank you, I uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool to still still have that that stuff because now I think I'm better a better songwriter and. Uh, you know, uh, then I, I mean, I've grown as a writer and singer, you know, and uh, so it's just, um, I think uh, it's kind of cool to put a, put an album together. It takes a lot of time to, to come up with uh, the music and, you know, and know, like, it's hard to, like, write, writing a good song is kind of elusive, you know, you, you know, you can't always get there, but you know it when you have it, that kind of thing. So, you, you know. Right, right. So, like, do you like go through like, um, uh, like ex like vocal exercises? Um, like not as daily much, or not as much as I should. Um, but now with the pandemic winding down, um, I need to start singing more. You know, I uh, I have a local band here in L.A. We do acoustic stuff and play around, do Zeppelin and things like that, just for fun. And uh, some of the guys are like, you know, played in famous bands, like the bass players, Quiet Riot, and the you know, guitar player played with a million people, the drummer. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good because it keeps me in shape, you know, playing with nice. those guys. Yeah. Doing some covers and things, but, uh, the yeah, guy it's, um, it is important to stay in shape just vocally as well as, uh, physically. Right. Nice. It really yeah. is, you know, 
it's it's really crazy you know because we've been you know going through your catalog listening to as much as we could for this you know for this interview so we could be as well versed as possible obviously we from we're familiar familiar with a lot of your stuff anyway uh but then like we're like all right let's beef up this and it's like it's it's unreal man like I can't think of, I mean, you explained it because you're not doing as much touring, but like even somebody like Rob Halford, who's known as having like, he's like his whole gimmick is he's a screamer. He's like, you know, I mean, he he sounds old now. Like, you know, a, a lot of these singers, they just, they, their age, you do get old. The body, the body changes, you know? And uh, I, I tend to be not super critical over that kind of stuff because you can't help it, you know, whatever. But it's amazing. Yeah. Your voice just, you sound like you're in your 30s, 20s, whatever. It's uh, crazy. Thank, it's thank crazy, man. Like, like, seriously, really impressive. Thank you so I, much. Yeah. I don't I do. even smoke in, like, you know, just from doing the show. Like, sometimes I can't get through, a, like, an hour and a half without my voice going away. I'm like, come on. It's man. too much talking. <laughs> what the hell? Talking is actually harder than singing, you know, especially if you're talking loud. You know, like, a, you come home from a concert and you're, like, hoarse, you know, from yelling. And, yeah. Uh, you no, know, it's uh, you know, it's like anything, I guess. I did a lot of session work uh, sing- as a singer, hired singer. I did sang on Alice Cooper and a ton of albums, Jefferson Starship, and uh, you know, did commercials. I did was a voice for Toyota trucks and Coors beer, and sang on a ton of films and, and whatnot. As well as you know, I'd get hired to sing uh, on somebody's album or whatever. Or whatever. I must have done. People ask me, "Oh man, when did you sing this song?" I, I don't remember singing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know. I literally, I'd be driving to the session, and uh, they, I'd have the cassette or whatever. They sent me a, a tape ahead of time to learn the song, and I'd literally be listening to it on the way to the session. And you know, it's it's sort of, uh, but yeah, you know, you just you just sing and you know, it's it's uh, you develop, a, you know. A sort of thing you know it's like like you said part of it's uh physical you have to build the muscles up but uh but it, it's like singing i i've always been like a forceful singer you know like uh yeah but my motto way back in the day was put it through the wall you know kind of thing so yeah it's uh but it's not just screaming it's but it is like you know power out, power yeah. It out. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah folk singing of the 60s this is not yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Yarbrough, <laughs> this is not. I always love the, you know, the the, the guys, who, the, the, the smooth voices and all this, you know, it's like, but, you know, I'd get up in the high notes, you know, it's like, get a little more raspy. and But that's kind of what sells people. And, yeah. and he, this is my own theory, but, you know, a lot of the 80s, like, they, they had these rock tenors. They were all great. Uh, you know, Lou Graham from Foreigner, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Journey, you know, uh, yeah. those this guys are amazing. Uh, singers and right. uh, but and part of the thing my theory i guess is is that pop songs especially back then they 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 had the vocal was high and that was so the girls would sing along right and it'd be in their range so that's kind of to me that seemed like the case you know it was like okay it makes sense you know because you uh you want to get the the biggest audience you can and but but um there's not that many rock guys who are like lower you know uh, lower voice Right. Yeah. Right. I remember hearing um, some some singer. I can't remember if it was Steve Perry or somebody, one of those. And they were they were saying that, like, essentially back then it was it was just the the era of that. And all the bands were trying to out sing all the other bands and just the higher you could get, the better. And that's when you ended up with, like, you know, Steelheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking Steelheart. Yeah, <laughs> might have been the ceiling on that. Um yeah. Not sure, but like, yeah, no, it was definitely the thing. Jefferson Starship, Mickey Thomas, he was like way yeah. up there, you know. Or like the yeah. Bee Gees, yeah. you know, you, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it did seem to be a so who could sing the highest, <laughs> and yeah. it was crazy. You know, you like destroy your voice singing up there all the time. I mean, yeah, even guys, the the greatest of the great, you know, like Robert Plant. I mean, he can't hit that stuff yeah. anymore. You know? No, yeah. You know yeah. who's you know who's still up to snuff though, Richard Marks. Oh, he's great. Yeah, that, Richard no, that... Marks is still amazing. I just saw him do like a live acoustic version of "Staying Alive." He hit 
every note and then some. It didn't even look like it was hard. It felt mm-hmm. like he could have gone higher. It was unreal. No, the guy's great. He's always been a great singer. Yeah. And he is funny because he came up doing jingles too. His dad was a big jing- jingle producer in Chicago, I heard. So, you know, oh, he's, cool. it's sort of the thing where when you do session work, you're more schooled, I think, you know. Maybe not me so much, but, you know, guys like him. But I'm more of a street guy. You know, I, I came up playing clubs in the South, grew up in Florida, played, toured around playing all the nightclubs, you know, cover bands and all that. I, uh, if I'd known awesome. then what I know now, would have come out to L.A., you know, years sooner. Because yeah. I think it was more wide open then in the, you know, in the 70s. You know, uh, a lot of bands that made it in the 70s are still famous today. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, rock, you know, what we call it, classic rock. I mean, man. Yeah, like, it got harder and harder in the, as the 80s went on. There was like a million bands. and Finally, it just sort of imploded. It seemed like it got better and better and slicker and slicker. You'd have bands like, uh, you know, ACDC, and they were great. Uh, that was more of a 70s thing. But the one I was trying to think of was uh, uh, Def Leppard, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it oh, like a- yeah album and it'd just be you know incredible sounding you know but it just it got to a point where like how can you go higher than this you know in terms of like quality the production and everything it's just like it's just the ante is constantly being upped yeah Yeah, exactly yeah and and it i think it 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 had to just i don't know why but it just seemed to have it kind of imploded the beginning of the 90s you know the grunge thing came in and then all the eighties rock just disappeared. It was like imploded, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I always consider Skid Row to be like the last great eighties metal band. Mm-hmm. And they were, they, they only had a couple of albums there, but they got right in at the end. They were the, the first album was 89 and then they kind of kept on going for, you know, half a decade or something, but it was like right when grunge was starting and you had Soundgarden yeah. and you had Nirvana. Nirvana. And yeah. So, yeah, all that stuff, and, and it was still good stuff, but it was just different. It was, it was different, more, yeah. more yeah. angst. They were like, like pissed off guys, right? You know, just, right. You know. just being angsty. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I do love yeah. some of the some of like I I feel like it's the honorary '80s music which came out in like the nine like 1990 and '91. Like you have like some albums by like Mr. Big and uh, and Hardline. <laughs> um, you know, those albums are like so yeah. '80s feeling. Um, but they're they you know products of the '90s, and I feel like it's too bad because you see yeah. where the '80s music could have gone had had that sort of style <laughs> kept going. But like you said, just the grunge yeah. and everything that was coming about just really just sidelined it, and uh, it's a bummer because I, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. I still listen to a lot of those ni- 1990, 91 releases because they're like it's like pinnacle '80s for me, but it's it wasn't even technically yeah. in the '80s. But uh, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, the band yeah. Giant. Amazing. They were awesome. You know, that was like what, what band? Giant. You know, Giant. Remember uh, uh, See You in My Dreams, that song? The, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dan Huff. Just incredible stuff. That was like, anyway, yeah, you should check that out. Check that song out on YouTube. Do you know Hardline? Uh, I, I remember the name. Because uh, yeah. that's the uh, Johnny Gioli. Yeah, and Neil, right? and Neil Sean from uh, Journey. Oh, okay. He's even yeah. that. Okay. And Johnny Gioli, awesome singer. Yeah. He's from um, New York, I believe. Absolutely yeah. just awesome singer who's just never really became a name, but, you know, it's just been in a million bands. Doesn't and, he, he's, know, doesn't he sing in Axel Rudy Pell as yep. well? Um, yep. Yeah. He, he, he sang in he Axel Rudy Pell for a while. He he's done a lot point. of singing with the, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog games, too, because he's part of, like, their house band. <laughs> it's like, it's just a crazy, you know, coincidence how your uh, your career goes. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, real quick on uh, just a fun fact: Def Leppard, uh, Nintendo, and my first concert ever. We were fourteen and fifteen. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were. They played in um, uh, Massachusetts, and they were with Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, I remember that that name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. the ones who uh, redid Cats in the Cradle, and they had the song um, Everything, uh, about, Everything you. about You. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That was yeah. a fun show. That, 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 was, that was fun. That was a fun show. Have you ever played that's Massachusetts? Long, yeah. Have we just missed you? Like, what's... what's... Uh, the closest was uh, playing at uh, 
you know, for the Hasbro convention, I went to, there was a BotCon in 2007, and this is uh, just below you in uh, yeah. what, Providence. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, uh, yep. that's close. Then the, le- the last one three years ago was HasCon. It was Hasbro's own convention, and that was three years ago in, in Providence also. But oh, both times. make sure that we uh, keep better tabs pay attention on those, to that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I definitely. I'll let you know awesome. <laughs> if I go back to Nice. Yeah, once the world's done, take it a dump on itself. I know. Um, have shows again. I know this is this wasn't uh, we didn't plan on asking this question. I'm just going to ask it. Um, it's more Transformers related. Uh, are you familiar with the that weird band that gets up there and dresses up as the as the characters, the Cybertronic Spree? Yeah, Cybertronic Spree. I, I what those do you think guys did me. It's very cool. The costumes are cute. They're really great. You know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Asked a few times about trying to do something, you know, together and and uh, maybe you know shoot a music video or whatever. And it's yeah. funny because. I, last year in April, they were supposed to play in here in LA and uh, in Glendale, and, and uh, I was going to go down and uh, and get up and sing touch and dare with them. And, but of course, the pandemic happened, and so oh uh, man, that would have been so. Oh cool. my god! Oh my god! Now, is that something that that was going to be a surprise for the audience? I think so. Yeah. yeah oh was, my God, Stan! Yeah. You're gonna give people heart attacks. We're in our forties now. <laughs> we can't take that much that much excitement. Like Stan that's... Bush out of nowhere. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, something. Yeah. That yeah, uh, would have been something for sure. Like guys. So very nice. very cool. So. All right, so I think we're done with topic three, which was... Uh, actually, I have one more. I have ah, one yes. more question. Um, actually, this question has a little bit of a backstory. Um, I saw this post on Facebook from some AOR page, and uh, the question was, Stan Bush or Eric Martin? And there were a lot of comments of, okay, Stan Bush, Eric Martin, and one of the comments that that caught my eye was, Stan Bush with the music, Eric Martin on vocals. I think that needs to happen. And the question is, if you could collaborate with any musician, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, probably Don Henley. He's pretty much my favorite artist, just uh, as a songwriter and you know, singer and everything. He was uh, amazing. He is amazing. And, uh, you know, I, like I say, I don't know if it would ever be feasible, but I've always thought highly of him and joe walsh too yeah yeah i got uh what did you do with alice cooper oh, yeah i was actually wondering that what, what, what alice cooper are you on um it's the one uh i think the wayne's world one it uh was uh Feed my frankenstein was, I, I believe so but it could have been another one uh it was around that time though there was a, a song called centipede on the album do you know which one that would be hey should, stupid maybe that might have been on, hey yeah, stupid could, <clears throat> okay. I lo- I, I'm a I'm a huge Alice Cooper. It's oh, true, he is. We're all we're all fans. Of, we nice. No, he was very nice. I uh, I met him in the you know at the session and all that. So nice. yeah, I was the background singers. That's really cool. That's awesome. Gotcha. Nice. Um, all right. So now we can move yeah. on. Okay. So Stan, I uh, I've I've plumbed your back catalog. I've I've really done I've really done some looking, uh, so I wanted to ask you about uh, about an album from a little while ago. So it has such such songs that I'm a huge fan of, like "Primitive Lover" and "Take It Like a Man." Uh, can you explain the brief shift in '87 when you were Stan Bush and Barrage? What what was that little you know shift to the title change there? Um, it was just my uh, me and the label. Uh, head of A&R guy, uh, Richie Wise, who pre- also produced the album. Uh, it was just sort of a concept thing. We, we were thinking maybe it would be cool to uh, to sort of present it as a, as a band a bit more, you know, and uh, so that was the, the, the impetus behind that. You know, we took, uh, actually those guys were all buddies of mine and we, we went down and took a photo in the parking garage of CBS Records. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that album actually has the touch yeah. on it, right? That was one of your albums that you were. Yep, the Barrage album was the touch and uh, a bunch of that stuff. Primitive Lover, like you said, and 
a song called Love Don't Lie, which was also covered by House of Lords. Big power. Yeah, ballad. that album has a lot of great songs on it. Um, definitely yeah. a huge, huge fan of that. And that was your, you know, your second release essentially. That was after like your your solo, you know, first solo album. Um That's right. Very cool album there. Uh but I, I uh, always a, I was always a band guy before that, and uh it just kind of just seemed to work out that way. Like the touch came out and did well, especially in Europe. It was uh Germany, it was kind of uh they released it as a single like three times and um it it sort of just kind of came out that way uh hey you're going to be a solo artist yeah. <laughs> i i didn't play you know but uh it's, it's i had when you have some success and you sort of keep doing what you're doing and i guess uh it worked right, out that it kind way. of spins it in into into like a you know a solo title kind of thing because i was actually i was trying to find some more of your bandmates and stuff and it's it's harder to find that information than you would think you know and it's like uh yeah. resources just painted as stan bush and i'm like well yes for sure but i also was trying to do some of the the other looking into the other musicians you worked with <laughs> yeah well one of the guys on that pic in that picture is uh pat torpy you know from this from yeah. mr big he yeah he's the girl. the drummer and of course he he passed yep. away recently but uh yeah yeah uh, but uh yeah it was just like you say grab some buddies and go down and take a photo you know that was the, the idea on that. Very so. cool. Very cool. Uh, I I had found uh, another song that you had written. This one's a little bit obscure. This one was uh, High Noon, and it was for this Pennsylvania like wrestling league called Shikara. So so that oh, yeah. the, that theme that you wrote, you know, is kind of like an homage to uh, the theme song for Mask from uh, from the eighties, right? Mm -hmm. So so you know explain to me why mask has one of the greatest themes in all of cartoon history like the show itself was was <laughs> fine you know but it's like that theme song was unreal and and the fact that you kind of like yeah. you know used it as inspiration <clears throat> on that uh that shikara theme was was pretty uh pretty interesting i was wondering your thoughts on that um yeah that shikara uh, he's that guy's a buddy of mine and we used to work together he uh he does handles my pr stuff and, and things so it was kind of a favor to him to, that i sang that so wasn't i wasn't involved in writing it or whatever gotcha. but, uh, like hey can you sing this track for me I'm okay, yeah sure. right it was just like a favor kind of thing Not yeah i wouldn't normally do it but he's a good guy and a friend you know, right so. and you're like hey I'll, I'll, I'll help you out no problem there cool yep yeah so, that kind of so does that mean you you are not familiar with the uh, the theme song uh, to the show Mask? Uh, that would be correct. Ooh. Oh, well, you know, Stan, if you could do us a favor, just just go look that up after okay. the show, because you know why? Because you're gonna love it. It's amazing. Okay. Yep. It's <laughs> it is it's definitely it's definitely it's really right up your alley. It's you don't need to see the show like Ape it said. You just need that theme song, and that's all anybody remembers anyway. And it's amazing. It's balls to the wall. It's insane. It's a good Great. time. Okay. Just all right. Saying. And uh, I'll check. <laughs> one last song. Uh, one last question to uh, to to annoy you with from from your back catalog. So uh, your your third solo album actually has a pretty interesting title. What happens if I dial 818-888-8638? That was, uh, we set up a fan line. It was just sort of a, an idea, the record label guys in, in Germany that uh, had had this idea, you know, we'll set up a fan line and let's use that as the album title. And it, it was kind of a silly idea, but uh, that's all that was. Nice. I, I uh, So at one point it yeah. worked? You could call that. It, well, it did then, but we eventually turned, you know, shut it off. But it was, uh, it was just a gimmick thing, you know. One of the things I remember, they the record people, the record company, they were like kind of uh, mad about it because it had like if you spell all the letters out, the numbers out, like you know, a, oh nine, yeah, you know, it like it makes this really long title, you know, and so that was I didn't think of it. You know, I've, none of us thought about that. You know, when we just wrote a series of numbers, that was a phone number. But if you write, if you spell it all out, it's pretty, pretty right. Long. It's pretty long, and it's 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 a it's an interesting album too because it also is actually pretty hard to find. Like I, you can find it on your um, on your website, but it yeah, has it's kind of. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? I was just saying yes, it's available on, on stanbush.com. Yeah, but in general, I guess it didn't have like a lot of printings, especially not the vinyl. Um, so it's kind of a, a bit of a collector's item at this point. Um, 
if, if you can grab that. But uh, cool. No, that that's interesting. That's a good nugget about the uh, the fan line. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we only got one more question for you. Okay. And then we'll uh, we'll uh, let you out of we'll let you out of the brig. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the final question is: Your lyrics are often uplifting and inspirational. If you could get one message through to your listeners, what would it be? Uh, never give up. Best song on the new album. <laughs> yeah. You know, years back, the singer guy who's L.A. singer, he's one of the top singers in L.A. And we were doing a bunch of stuff back in the '80s. But I saw him a few years later. Uh, it's been a couple, you know, maybe sometime in the nineties, I saw him last, but he told me, he said, you know, don't ever give up. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's cool. And, and, but that always stuck with me. You're like, well, I was gonna, yeah. but uh, now I won't. I thought about giving up. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Now I can't. Oh man. Good. Stan, thank you right. so much for coming on. This was like an incredible honor, total blast. Yeah. It's a, like I said earlier, it's thank like, this so is like a, a dream come true. It's like, Never, I never thought in a million years that we would speak to Ian Bush. It's been really great talking with you guys too. I uh, appreciate all the support. And, uh, you know, if people want to find what's happening, they can go to my website, like I said, you know, stanbush.com and find out what's happening. Uh, hopefully, there'll be some for show, some shows this summer and things when things open up. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks. Absolutely. I mean, thank honestly, you, thank you for all the music. I mean, not just the the yeah. the, the touch and dare, like. Your entire catalog is all of it timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for staying true to yourself. And, you know, it's really, you know, no music is for everyone, you know, at all, but your stuff is very genuine and it's, it comes right from the heart. And I think that any art that you create, no matter what you're making, um, has to come from that one place. And otherwise, otherwise it's, it's very obvious that it's just packaged and made for the wrong reasons. And, um, I think that uh, you're a very genuine dude and it comes through in your art. So yeah. thank uh, you very much for that. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you having me. Y'all take care. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take thanks care, a lot, Stan. Hey, thank you so hey, much. You got the touch. You got the touch. <laughs> you got the, no, you got the touch. All right. Oh, and, and real real quick, as a reminder yes. for, our, for our watchers and listeners, don't forget to go to stanbush.com and purchase the brand yes. new Stanbush album, Dear to Dream, released on LA Records. It's excellent. You will love it. I guarantee it. If you love melodic rock, this is this album's for you. And while you're there, just like I said before, <laughs> buy everything. All I like. I mean, the man needs just, to eat. Just do the it. Man needs to eat healthy. Just do it. He needs to eat healthy, but he needs to eat. Right. You know, musicians are are, are really suffering. So we, we gotta support our our favorite musicians. So take care. Take care, guys.